0: This is Two Minutes About Time with Luke Allen and Robert E.G. Black, the podcast that takes a look at the film About Time, two minutes at a time. I'm Richard Curtis, and I hope you enjoy it. And if you don't, well, you can just travel back in time two minutes and listen to something else.
1: BBC Radio Shropshire. Now, during lockdown, many people have have discovered a variety of different podcasts, haven't they, And, and frankly started started putting them up, because um, other than chatting with your mates over Zoom, there's not a lot to do other than broadcasting those conversations, I guess. And Luke Allen and Robert Black started a podcast about the Richard Curtis film, About Time. Their podcast, Two Minutes About Time, has been running for most of the summer, and it's about to end, and both of them join me now. Good evening, how are you? I'm good, thanks. I'm good. Thanks for having us on. That's all right. Now, so, remind us of the um,
0: the concept.
2: Uh, Robert, I explained it before, so do you want to take over this time? <laughs> uh,
0: well, basically every episode, three times a week, we cover two minutes of the movie with uh, guests, various guests. We've had filmmakers and other podcasters and friends, and we obsess yeah. about strange details, obvious details. We rewrite parts of the film to make mm. it better or worse. And we looked at bad reviews.
2: It, it, we had a lot of yeah. fun. Yeah, it, it's been really fun. And uh admittedly like the whole format probably sounds like really boring there's not much to talk about but there's an awful lot and it's often the film's a conversation starter and then yeah. tangents come along and it's it's just nice and there, there's always a lot to say even about like scenes where nothing happens <laughs>
0: <laughs> how many episodes is that
2: um i uh we have, is it 76 total when it's done i think it's around about that yeah about 76 we've had a couple of bonus episodes but like for the actual run of the show yeah about 76
1: and because remind- each
2: friday we do only one minute and then we go back to one ah. of the previous minutes from the film
1: okay now remind us how you two met because luke you're in Telford's robert you're in la aren't you yes
0: yeah um, um so we met because of movies by minutes podcasts luke yeah. was a podcaster with please be seated and i had him as a guest on dave made a minute and then he was on the room minute and we got to talk. We talked about about time a couple of times for some reason. And then lockdown happened and it was like, should we do a show? Okay. yeah, hmm.
1: Robert, this sounds so like it's a, ch- it's a full-time job for you. You do loads of these.
0: It takes a lot of time. Yeah. At the moment I have uh, four ongoing shows. Yeah. Four.
2: <laughs> I'm supposed to be helping you edit one of them and I haven't done it in a while. So <laughs> whoops.
1: <laughs> yeah. You've, you've had exams and things going on at the same time though. You, Cause you're what? 16.
2: Yeah, well, would have had exams. Yes, quite. <laughs> Swerved out of that one. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so at least you've been able to, um, to take up most of your time doing this, which I suppose is as productive as it gets for somebody who's dodged a load of exams.
2: Yeah, and hopefully will be helpful in getting me into a job in the film industry at some point. Hopefully people will be like, ah, I see he likes stuff. Maybe I can nudge Richard Curtis a few times and <laughs> get a runner's job or something. Who knows? <laughs>
1: Robert, what's your <laughs> day job? I imagine it's, it's incredibly glamorous, but not everyone in LA is a movie star.
0: <laughs> no, I am a college professor. Ah, okay. With lockdown, my, my classes have been online, so.
1: So you've been I've dodging exams as well, but setting play, them actually. rather than doing them. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so yep. this is, this has been something, I guess, that has been really important as something to do, because So many people in lockdown have kind of been kicking their heels without anything to become absorbed into, Mm. but obsessing over a minute at a time of a film is something to channel your energy into, I guess, as much as anything.
2: Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, I think most of my thoughts and plans over lockdown were around the show. We were recording two days a week, and each of those days we were recording three episodes, so each week we recorded two weeks of the show. And so a lot of stuff was... If I had a free minute, it was looking at clips from About Time. It was analysing it, doing research. I am pretty certain we know the film better than a lot of the filmmakers do now. <laughs> Has there
1: been anything that you've come across where you've you've really got stuck into it because you've you've been you've been picking over it in real detail?
0: Mm. Uh, well, Robert likes locations. And, I obsess about yeah. filming locations. So okay. when I can't figure one out. I obsess and come back to it on my on Google Earth on my phone over and over. I <laughs> never, never have time, but otherwise, no. It's been more about with this movie. It was a lot of the philosophical stuff because yeah. a little while through our show, I kind of imagined the film as not involving any actual time travel and it's all a metaphor and hmm. kind of got stuck on that for a while.
2: Yeah, and, it it was a really a really sort of fun and interesting look into it, which was not intended by the filmmaker, no. but it was a good way to sort of. <laughs> Look into it. That hopefully was was enjoyable because it works. It's a, for a time travel rom com. It works on so many more levels than than anyone would expect. A lot of people we found had watched the film once and didn't actually remember much about it, or some people had watched it and didn't even remember they'd watched it. Hmm. But two or three times watching it, they seem to start to uh, to wake. Have you seen About Time? Mark? Yeah
1: and it's it's a film that's quite easy to get deep about i would imagine because it's you know it's about mm-hmm, yeah. it's about loss it's about love it's about death it's about life it's about wishing you you could do things over again you know there, there's an awful yeah. lot that you can you can get quite philosophical about
2: and, and robert got very deep in groundhog day a couple of years back which is sort yeah, of how right time travel thing happened because robert watched groundhog day every day for a year <laughs> <laughs> yep. and wrote a blog so that's Yeah, so there's... Robert was kind of knowledgeable into how much detail you can go into stuff, and then I kind of caught the bug partway through.
1: Never, Robert, can you ever say your students are wasting their time ever again. Because, (laughs) you know, the the, the stereotype of of the university student in England sitting at home watching Neighbours and Countdown, you're there watching Groundhog Day for the 364th time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) No, no, no And I tell them about that,
1: too. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) Talk talk me through some of the guests you've had, because you've had
2: quite a few. Yeah, so we've had some people who were just podcasters. We've got one which we'll announce in a moment, Mm. like amazing to have on. People like Darren Brown came on, which was a bit weird. He Mm -hmm. shouted us out on Twitter. I think I talked about this last time we recorded with him. And he's a nice guy. He he told us a story about having met Rachel McAdams, but not knowing who she was, which was (laughs) a really funny anecdote. Ewan McIntosh from the UK version of The Office the original version of The Office, um, came on. Um, he played Big Keith, and he had never seen About Time, and he's the only guest we had on who didn't like the film <laughs> the minutes we sent him. So it was it was really funny. And um, outside of that, we've had like people involved in the production of About Time. We've had like the production manager. We've had uh, the location manager. We've had set decorator. Um, Simon Fisher-Becker, who was Dorian and Doctor Who, came on. Just today, we released an episode with Ashleen Walsh, who's a BAFTA-winning director, who recently made the film Elizabeth is Missing with Glenda Jackson, that's on iPlayer at the moment. And yeah, you just message people in lockdown. Not many people have many things to do, so you just message them, would you be interested in this? And yeah, there's there's been some really fun stuff and contacts I never would have dreamed of making. Mm. But I can now go through my phone contacts and be like, there's Darren Brown's email address, okay? <laughs> <laughs> now,
1: as as a film nut... This must be just perfect for you because you are, you you, I would say you are probably the most successful blagger of people in Shropshire because the the people you get to contribute to all your projects is unbelievable. But as you say, somebody wanting to break into the industry, this is great for now, but it should be brilliant for later.
2: Yeah, hopefully. I think a lot of the contacts I've picked up, I haven't. So, so, sorry if any of them are listening, but I'm hoping that at some point I can message them in a couple of years from now and be like, any chance you know anyone who'd, yeah. who'd get me in yeah. here? That's and, not and why I got about, in contact with them, obviously. <laughs>
0: the thing about Luke that I wish I had is he has no shame about asking oh, people things. He's like, oh, I have Darren Brown's thing. I'm going to do this. Or Emma Freud, who was script supervisor on the film, he has her contact. He just asks her random questions because he doesn't... <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I wish I was that boy.
2: Throughout the show, I'd just ask I just message Emma, Robert would say a question, and we'd be like So for example, there's a very funny scene in in the film where uh there's a board of all of the people that Tim all the girls Tim had been with and how far he got with each of them.
0: Mm.
2: And there's it's a very odd placing of a photo of Richard Curtis's daughter. And mm-hmm. so we messaged Emma Freud about it and turns out that that was they sent the photo and they i will not going to too to much detail on the radio but essentially they put her in a in a very odd place in tim's relationship with her that was just <laughs> a complete accident from the props guy who had no idea it was richard curtis's daughter who, photo i love the so idea that, like that
1: that yeah. they're sitting at home oh they're messaging again they've got more questions because frankly <laughs> this this is not one of one of his his more attention-grabbing films. A lot of his films have been analysed to no. death. I would guess this isn't one of them.
2: No, I don't think so. Like, well, it has now. Yeah, it has now. now. Probably more than most of the other <laughs> ones have gone in-depth on that. But, like, Love Actually has been talked about a lot. I am doing a show about Love Actually that's coming out soon, but a lot of the stuff we're saying has been said before, and I understand that. A lot, like, Four Weddings and stuff. Four Weddings was the most successful British film for a while. Mm. So a lot of people have seen A lot of people have talked about it about time kind of slid under the radar which considering it's got donald gleason richard McAdams, bill nye margot robbie tom hollander like doesn't really make sense why it slid under the radar but a lot of them it got like before they hit it famous but yeah it's kind of it's a film that not many people know about i've started buying copies of it whenever i see it in a charity shop just so i can give them to people um (laughs) yeah there's it's, it's it's a lovely lovely film and Ewan and is the only person we've had on the show who didn't like it and since he only saw five minutes i i'm counting that as everyone who i know who've seen it has liked it
1: robert this is so quintessentially british or a version of britain that doesn't really exist but luke wants to be richard <laughs> curtis to an yeah. american yeah. audience how does this translate for you the film yeah and Ooh. and just the whole the whole kind of I don't know, the, the, the whole Curtis back catalogue of, of this sort of Britishness.
0: Well, I know, as you said, Four Ways and a Funeral was popular here even, but Richard Curtis is like... I don't, I'm don't. i not a fan of rom-coms generally myself. Mm. And then Richard Curtis rom-coms were like, no, I'll avoid those even more. <laughs> but this one had that time travel element, which was while I was doing Groundhog Day Project. And so I'm like, I have to go see this movie. And then I loved it, because the messaging of the film is all about like live each day as if you like you're living it just for this day and just to enjoy what it itself is and that hit me more than the genre, more than the director
2: yeah, he described I, yeah. it in interviews as an anti-time travel time travel film, film. Yeah, like it's not sci-fi, it's very much um, as he did with Yesterday uh, when he made Yesterday a couple of years ago It's it's the same thing with this is just a thing that happens in this film we accept it and allow a story to be told with it, so it's not like a big time travel film it's a very down-to-earth personal way of looking at time travel that i don't think has been done before
1: i mean i can't imagine blackadder and things like that ever made it across the pond maybe i'm wrong
0: blackadder wasn't very big other than with some very nerdy people yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's fair
1: enough
2: go on then make your big announcement okay do you want me to do it robert or yes okay so for the very last episode of the show which comes out next friday our guest He's Richard Curtis, like my biggest hero, an amazing guy. And we got to spend half an hour talking with him and Emma Freud came by for a little bit. And I'm very, very excited to share this episode. It's been like ever since I started podcasting about like a YouTube show, probably about four or five years ago. Like Richard Curtis has been on the list of people I want to speak to. And the more things I watch of him, the higher and higher he got until he was at number one for a while. And I I never believed it was going to happen. I still can't believe it has happened.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea that they're they're sitting at home and again it's back to that he's messaging us again. Uh, Richard he says he wants you to be on on the show. Well, you know, he, he can't lock us in the basement or murder us over the internet, can he? So um if I've only got to dial in on <laughs> Zoom, maybe I'll do it. That's how I imagine it went.
2: <laughs> maybe, maybe. And uh, what was he like? Uh he was really really nice, really down to earth, yeah. especially considering like how successful he is. He he, he, he you know spoke to us probably in a a, a very similar sort of friend manner to how a lot of the guests we've had on are even sort of more it was a very comfortable conversation where to think that actually he had never spoken to us before we seemed to have that sort of dynamic and that that banter i think for a while as well that that kind of worked quite well for half an hour he did say that he's gonna um try and come back for my love actually show And that he's going to see whether he can invite Kira Knightley on. So that's good. He wants to come back. (laughs) And Kira Knightley will be the fun episode. Yeah. I can't believe that either. This is just. We
0: didn't brighten him away.
2: Yeah. So what what was it like? Did you put
1: anything to him that maybe you thought, you know, we've been thinking about this and either one of your wild fan theories or something that you think, Richard, you really should have done this a different way. It would have been so much better.
2: Okay. Both a wild fan theory and a very, very weird specific obsession question so we asked him about robert's fan theory about time travel not existing mm. uh, which he said robert was clearly more clever than he is and he'd never <laughs> thought about any of that or <laughs> well, i think he said deeper than he is so there was something yeah. it, was, it was funny and we, we also asked him there is a weird in joke on our show that happened with one extra who we wanted to for some point for some reason we were like i wonder what this extra's name is just as a random passing comment and then it became very very hard to find out what this extra's name was he wasn't credited on IMDb. We thought he was a guy called Graham Curry. Turns out that's not true. We'll get back to that point in a second. Uh, so we asked Richard about who this guy was. Obviously, he had no idea, but we had to ask just in case. Mm. But this guy we thought, Graham Curry, there were so many lines about him, then random off comments we made about Graham Curry being the real mm-hmm. star of about time that I then got in touch with the real Graham Curry, (laughs) who thankfully did not mind this. He recorded a little intro for one of our episodes. And you can now buy the Graham Curry fan club (laughs) t-shirts of Robert's Lemming Drop Studios merchandise store. So he doesn't even mind having a fan club t-shirt. So big shout out to Graham Curry for for not minding us making jokes involving him not being him. (laughs) It's, It's such a weird... Thing. and i i think that like from that episode which was a couple of weeks ago i think every other episode or like every, every few episodes we have then brought back a comment about graham curry so the, yep. the t the t-shirts were inevitable
1: when you um spoke to richard curtis did he have his camera on and could you see what his house was like
2: uh, a little bit he was in a bit of a corner but it was right. <laughs> it, it was uh, it was, it a was nice it was nice yeah, yeah. Okay. He was, he was very when white. he came on he was walking around with us and... yeah he gave us a tour of his kitchen <laughs> nice. he was just get, getting a drink at the start and
1: yeah Look, I, um, so, to, to give somebody a tour of my kitchen I just turn around that says all you need to know that it, it <laughs> takes a tour
2: but yeah I mean con- considering yeah as I always say considering like how successful as a writer he was I mean outside of all the films he was one of the creators of Mr Bean like mm. that is a massive thing he was a very very normal bloke <laughs> like yeah. which is just nice because there's there's such the reputation of people who are successful yeah. not wanting to be involved that a through his charity work and B just through how nice and supportive he was with the show like for example before he came on he recorded a little intro for us near the start of the show of him just introducing the show so we could have his voice at the start of each episode and then out of the blue because i'd asked emma freud about whether there was a pdf of the script i could track down he there i then get a parcel <laughs> out of nowhere admittedly they can't see us so it doesn't matter i'm holding it with an actual copy of the script from the office of richard curtis and emma freud from richard to luke with love and thanks for such a wonderful podcast series they tracked down the script from working title and sent me a copy of it which is just amazing so this is so treasured (laughs) robert
1: you've seen this this man in action close up you're saying the key to this is just behaving without any shame and just asking and just getting getting straight into people's dms and be nice yeah.
2: mm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> luke, luke is also really polite and, and he is you know. so the last uh, yeah, episode kind of. the last episode comes out on friday um is where
2: can people next go next friday
1: next friday where can people go back and listen to the whole lot
2: um they can just search for two minutes about time on yeah any they're all they're all up on any podcatcher. yeah itunes spotify i shoot they can find it on your website can't they Lemondrops.com they can find a link to it yeah yeah and yeah it's it's so weird to think we're finishing it because a like most of so like this week we finished covering the film like this friday this friday's episode is the the end credits we just didn't want to leave it there there's a nice little surprise at the end of this friday's episode it's not boring looking at the end credits we've got a very fun thing at the end but like next week we've got uh we bring back all of our well several of our former guests and they all join a skype call together We get an online randomizer to randomize a number between 1 and 123, and it just means that they have to watch this one random minute of a film and analyze (laughs) their having watched it once. And that was really fun. Then we've got a commentary with a couple of the former guests. We do a full commentary on About Time, and then we've got this Richard Curtis one to finish off the last week. It was going to be just me and Robert talking to each other, and then I thought, you know what, I'm going to ask Richard if he'll come on. And... Yes, (laughs) it was the answer, and I believe that he and Emma have listened to a few episodes of the show, which was nice.
1: Amazing. So it must be quite sad when you get to the end, having put so much into it.
2: Mm. Yeah, it's weird and possibly slightly easier because we actually finished outside of those specials. We finished recording the show what two months ago, something like that. Like it was a while back, but yeah, it's I'm 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 kind of feeling kind of down about it obviously the love actually show that i'm doing at some point with lara collier who you've had on here before mm. um that's just that's a shorter show where we've cut up love actually into the days that it takes place in over like december okay the scenes that say like two weeks before christmas we'll then look at those scenes in an episode that'll be released two weeks before christmas it's a format that was it was sean german of the move by minutes and his team did with what was the first one they did, Robert? Vacation. Christmas Vacation. And I think it was, um, I don't want to butcher anyone's name, but there was a, there was a few of them who did it, wasn't there? And I don't want to, do you remember Robert? <laughs> uh,
0: Christopher de la Guardia, I think that, is his name. Yeah. And Sean. Yeah, it's been a while a since like I that. listened to
2: it, but I was like, that was the first movie on the show I listened to was the Christmas Vacation one they did. And so I kind of thought Love Actually would work in that way. So we've done mm-hmm. that. We've had each episode for that. We have two guests on that have never met each other. So a lot of them are people who've been on Two Minutes About Time and other stuff. But it's a lot more fun, i found, to have guests who don't know each other because it kind of stops that cliqueiness that you get with too many people who know each other talking and the listeners will kind of think, I don't get what they're referencing. So the listeners get to know the guests as they get to know each other, which has been quite fun. And I'm trying to think when our first episode of that, it might be like the 20th of October. So quite soon our pilot comes out and then the actual show starts a month later but that that's just me and lara robert's got all of his other shows that i'm sure he's glad to have the free time away <laughs> from two minutes about time now
1: <laughs> so gents it's it's brilliant to um to catch up with you well done on it i'm going to play a little clip in in a minute but it's it's a fantastic achievement to get all those people involved and thanks. hopefully more people will give it a listen
2: thanks yeah, yeah. It, Thank you it, for it's it's nice us. to be able to talk about it
1: <laughs> absolutely mm-hmm. luke callan from telford and robert eg black from Los Angeles, so they've got Richard Curtis on their podcast about about time.
2: So obviously, as I've said, like you've inspired so much of what I've done as an amateur filmmaker and the amount of films I've watched, and so I would consider you to be sort of an author of your of, of filmmaking. Would you consider you have a specific style or authorship with your films? Or
1: well, I don't know. I don't know that I
2: thought I did, but in the end, you suddenly have to face the fact that you're probably interested in particular subjects and you probably do it in a particular way. I often think of, you know, painters. I always think every time that Chagall looked at the world, did he genuinely just see, you know, gypsies jumping over houses? He must have known there were other ways of portraying the world. But you obviously do get, you you know, when you interact with the idea of writing and filming, the same things must come through. So... I do feel there's probably a common thread and a common feeling and the way people talk is probably, you know, similar. So I think O'Toole might be a bit grand, but I've definitely (laughs) got, you know, styles and subjects that, that consistently appeal to me.
1: Richard Curtis speaking at length on the podcast Two Minutes About Time, which you can search out, all good podcast providers.
2: The Two Minutes About Time theme is performed by Ethan O'Mahony and is a cover of the About Time theme originally composed by Nick Laird Close. Two Minutes About Time is a production of Lemon Drop Studios in association with Bottle O Productions.